And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Here's a Thursday. Let's go at it. Gary, how are you? I'm not yeah, observing. Yeah? All right. Like normal, just observe, spent the day observing, for example, observed um, some of the panel discussions at the World More Poverty Forum uh, going on. Uh, across the the big pond. Mm. You ready? All right. All, All right. right. All Here's right. Al. Yeah. And the accumulated amount is now trapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the Earth. That's what's boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers and the rain bombs and sucking the moisture out of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level. And Well, then, wait a minute. Then why did you lie about ethanol? Why yeah. did you make why did you make climate change worse by admitting you lied for yeah. o- for over a decade? Yep. Yep. About ethanol. It wasn't until that was during the 2000 election cycle and, yep. and it was un- it wasn't until 2010 yep. that he admitted to lying about that. Why did he lie about that? Right. Why was there not a peep from Al Gore? When you had environmentalists come out against what Joe Biden did, his own cabinet, his own climate czar came out and said the worst thing that you can do for climate change of the options that you have is close down the Keystone Pipeline. He did it anyway, killing thousands of union jobs. I did see a story. I got to I got to find that story. I think it was when I was on vacation Mm. that union leaders have not said a word about all the thousands of jobs that were cut yeah. by, you know, by, you know that. Yeah. by, by Joe Biden. I'm like, right. well, yeah, because they don't care. They don't care. Union, sorry, union members, they view you as suckers. Yep. You're a union member. Your leadership thinks you're the biggest suckers out there. They pay us their dues and we work against their best interests. Yep. That's what the union leadership has become today. I mean, liberalism across the board is the most destructive to the people that invest in them the most. Yeah. Think about that. Yep. No, it is. (laughs) 
You know, we, we, we talk about whether it was Obama. When Obama lied about Obamacare, who was he lying to? He was lying to the people that voted for him because the people that didn't vote for him did not want Obamacare. So he lied to the people about keeping their doctors. Mm -hmm. Think about that. He didn't care. Mm -hmm. He'll lie to the people that he votes for. Everything that Biden lies about. Everything. Right. Yep. Everything that Biden lies about hurts the people that are the most vulnerable. We've talked about this so much. Yeah, it's and and over and over again, they still get the votes and nothing has changed with unions. They have not elected new union leadership to to change that. I mean, we've been talking about it for years. Yeah, this is decades we've been talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, but uh, I had I had to play the Elkhorn thing because it's just like, wow. Did anybody ask that question? If you're so passionate and the world is going to end. And by the way, it was noted where he said, currently the oceans are boiling. Then let's look at the latest weather forecast. The high today, 213 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Because Mm. the world would have to be 212 degrees. Yeah. Uh, And so I just added one more for the heck of it. Right, yeah. You would have to be 212 degrees Fahrenheit for the oceans to be boiling. You know, I, I... I guess accuracy, at least for us, is important since he is saying the oceans are currently boiling. Yeah, right. We didn't know that. Bomb uh, cyclones. You know, that's one of those good words you can take to uh, uh, their political rallies like the one they're having right now. It's a political rally. It's nothing more, nothing less. It's a political rally. Let's scare people. Let's get a bunch of uh, uh, fear mongering going. Which they've been doing for years. Yeah. yeah that's... In 1989, they were saying, if you work in Washington, D.C., by the year 2000, you'll be taking a gondola to work. Are you taking a gondola to work if, if you live in Washington, D.C.? If you're taking a gondola to work, please take pictures and send them to us. I'd love to see that. Or, But you're not doing it as a result of the streets flooding over permanently. Or if anyone out there can find, as Al Gore has said, just mm. said it yesterday, that the oceans are boiling. Yeah, right. If you can find the boiling going on, uh, you know, please send us the pictures. Now, mm. uh, if you have, for a- example, uh, oxygen bubbles coming up, that would not be. You'd have to. You, you, we, we need the bubbles and we need the accurate temperature. Yeah. You need to put a thermometer into the part of the ocean that's actually boiling. And and uh, and the, the, with this whole bomb cyclone thing, and 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 certainly we feel for our, th- our friends out west who are having to deal with uh, the horrific stories and the conditions of of massive flooding. The other part of that, and we go through this cycle every time this happens. Because when it comes to rain in parts of California, it's feast or famine. The editorial board the other day at the uh, Wall Street Journal. Water is a terrible thing for California to waste. The Golden State hasn't built a storage to make use of winter rains. We've been talking about this for a long, long time. This is fixable to a certain extent. You're in drought territory. That part is not fixable. 
What you can do to mitigate the effects of drought is build as much water storage as humanly possible. And it is feasible, but they refuse to do it. Well, we've often talked about uh, in the, the state of Texas, if you ever land at, uh, at DFW Airport, when you come in, the one thing I always get, people tell me when they come in, you know, they'll visit me and they'll say, my gosh, I didn't know it. You know, you guys got lakes all mm. over the place. I can't believe the number of lakes. They're all man-made. Yeah, right. And therefore, number one, flood control. Mm-hmm. Number two, water. Right. Number three, recreation. Mm-hmm. And the plans are still continuing as Texas expands to build more lakes. Right. Yeah. It's what you have. If you have people living in an area, people need water and they need help from flood control. They're building one yeah. north, uh, northeast of here, north, northeast of here right now. And, you know, these are these they're are massive things, lakes. Yeah, they're, massive. they are. And that's what you have to do. Um, these are the things you, you know, it, these again, it's not that you can fix the drought situation completely. No. What you're looking to do is mitigate it to the greatest extent possible. Well, there are certain drought areas. Right. We live in one. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're feast or famine here. Yep. Exactly. It's, and 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 a lot of California is the same way. And, you know, they were talking about uh, diverting, uh, you know, uh, some of the water from rivers and everything else. And, of course, that was never going to happen. And they say, well, no, uh, we're we're not going to do that. And then, you know, and, of course, rivers go to the ocean. And then they tell you, well, we're in trouble because the oceans are rising. We're not going to use river water. The river water goes to the ocean. Yeah, but you're t- you're screaming that the oceans are rising. What <laughs> what, what are we doing? I and know, and these yeah. are the things that. And again, look, I I it's and and that 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 clearly is a oversimplification of of that part of it. But <laughs> I'm not wrong. And 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 the thing is, is that you know, again, I don't expect California to to be able to solve their uh, drought crisis, but they can do a hell of a lot better job. And we talked about and have talked about deforestation first and foremost to make sure that, again, you're not going to stop these massive forest fires, but you can stop them from being so severe. There is a way to do that. Mm-hmm. And they refuse. And they refuse. They and, refuse you know, it. it's the thing is, is that and then over the years, um, you know, what we have learned and 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 a lot of people know. Uh, that when a lot of that forestation burns off, that there aren't the pine needles on the bed, on the floor of the forest. So when you get heavy rain, what do you get? Mudslides. Yep. And and these are things, and again, that's an oversimplification, um, because uh, it, it, it's it's as if they want it to be severe, because they need a crisis. Yeah. But that's the one question that I'm sure didn't come up. Hmm. I will tell you that if it was a conservative forum and somebody had lied for as long as Al Gore did, yep. someone would call him out on it. Oh, yeah. And that's where you say, where you look at it and you see you see the anger that he has and the fury that he has. Mm-hmm. It's all fake. 
It's all fake from Al Gore. How do we know? Because if you truly believe with the passion that he's talking about that the world is going to boil, then you don't lie for a decade about ethanol saving the planet. You don't invest as much time. And he admitted, I did it in order to get elected. He admitted it. Yep. I lied for a decade. Well, he continued the lie after it and promoted ethanol and everything else. But he used it originally when he ran, uh, you know, in the late 90s, uh, you know, the 99, you know, for the 2000 election. Right. And in 2000, that's why he said he promoted it, because he wanted to win Iowa. Yeah. He wanted to get the support. Uh, I, think, I think he was saying he wanted to win his home state, which he also didn't win. Right. The far, he was appealing to the farmers. Right. And, he, right. He, and, but that, right. that applies to farmers anywhere. Yeah. He wanted the support of the farmers. Yeah. In order to do it, but he believed that ethanol made global warming worse, and he supported it until he finally admitted he lied about it in 2010. Yep. And this is where we go back to, do does the left actually believe in anything, even if we disagree with them? You know, when you see, for example, does Biden really believe that climate change is a problem? If on the Keystone Pipeline, he does the opposite of what even his cabinet tells him to do, the right. climate czar, right. the energy czar, and the transportation czar, all tell him it'll make climate change worse. He still does it and says, I'm making climate change better. And the environmentalists don't even agree with him. And so what's the point? The point is the imagery if we get rid of the pipeline, uh, the imagery is that uh, there'll be less climate change, uh, even though by their own delusions, they believe the opposite. So I have to ask the question we've asked him many times before. Does the left actually believe in anything? Uh, here it is. Here's the coverage from NBC News. Now, I know they're a far-right media organization. <laughs> Just bear with me. This is from November of 2010. Uh, November 22nd of 2010. Man, it's it's almost painful to think back that far, isn't it? And it is, here's the headline. Al Gore, votes, not science, led me back to corn ethanol. Al Gore said, He made a mistake in supporting corn-based ethanol while he was in office, admitting he was more interested in farm votes for his presidential run than what was best for the environment. You and I talked about it. Yeah, we did. The whole farm-to-pump thing. Mm -hmm. In fact, we've talked about it, and longtime listeners may know this, it was the one time management called us about something we said on the air. Yep. It's the only time. The only time. The only time. And they were saying, what are you saying? What is the, what's the rift here? And our rift was, they're not measuring from farm to pump. When you don't measure the entire production line, you're not measuring the entire impact. Plain and simple. And it turns out that a scientist who at that time was affiliated with one of our sponsors, and we were very open about that, 
presented some evidence to back up what we were saying along the way. And it wasn't it really had nothing to do with the with their with the production of their uh, product at that time. It didn't promote their product or uh, or work for them or against them. It was just information that he heard. He's a conservative and he heard us talking about it and he offered, hey, no, this is I've actually talked about this. And this is absolute science. And then it was 2010. Took him 10 years for Al Gore. His inconvenient non-truth. Yeah. This is exactly how it goes down because they don't care. They don't care. John Kerry's not going to fly with a bunch of ketchup eaters. He's got to be on a private jet and go talk about how awesome he is for saving the planet. Grow up, people. We have a great show ahead. 866-90-RED-EYE. Starting and charging system-related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Dim lights are an early warning sign that your alternator is degrading and near the end of its life cycle. Lights that are brighter than normal, on the other hand, can indicate your alternator is overcharging. Get a full electrical system check if you notice your headlights getting dimmer or brighter. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Listen to Red Eye Radio wherever you are with the Red Eye Radio app. Available on Android and iPhone. Download it now from the App Store or by visiting... It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Coming up on the show today, Biden and the Top Secrets, Kareem Jean-Pierre. I mean, it was just, it no. was beautiful yesterday. Yeah. It gets better every single day. It does. Uh, especially when, when the one reporter asked, said, we've talked to the Justice Department. They've made it clear. Uh, you can talk about the investigation. Yep. Oh, my. Exactly. It's like, basically saying, you've been lying this entire time. Right. Uh, so we will get to, I mean, just audio cuts galore around the corner. And I'm telling you, one of the things that hit social media, and you're going to see memes on it, was, again, Hunter Biden in the vet, driving the vet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, I'm telling you. I mean, it just, uh, it was it was oh just great. Gosh. How close are we to a recession? Some bad economic numbers yesterday. Interesting that you were saying just a couple of days ago, you had economists saying, well, it may be mild this year. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. No, uh, the that, December numbers coming in. The December numbers, which were bad, we're going to talk about those. And they were worse than the, the median forecast, a lot worse. And and also what's going on with big tech. You know, um, it, it's like they have been it, almost like they have been waiting for the first of the year to just uh, make a bunch of cuts not just cutting jobs, but cutting programs. Uh, Amazon doing away with their Smile program, which is a uh, where you give if if you're they give money to nonprofits, and you can designate your nonprofit your favorite nonprofit to get uh, a percentage based on the money you spend. Right, so your nonprofit that you pick benefits from that, and they're going to end that program. That's part of cutbacks, and yep. it's it's a, a long line of 
big tech cutbacks that are happening right now, including tens of thousands of jobs. We've got just we've got great audio across the board on a number of of uh, of, of topics. Also, uh, we'll have a Cedric update. All right. Anybody know yeah. Cedric? You, mm-hmm. you know the reference, mm. the Seinfeld reference. Mm. Who won't wear the ribbon? <laughs> you don't like the ribbon. I'm not going to wear the ribbon. You must wear the ribbon. <laughs> he really didn't say ribbon. He said like ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> also, some interesting polling about what the public thinks and even Democrats about investigating Joe Biden. Mm. to listen again with our podcast available on our app and at redeyeradioshow.com He's Eric Carly. I'm Gary McNamara. Hi. Do you believe in miracles? Mm. Uh, no. Yes! Are you ready? Okay. No, no, no. no we're, this, isn't the, this isn't the Cedric hockey talk yet. Okay? Alright. This is CNN mm. Yesterday, Despite his denials, a CNN review of the laptop data, as well as other public material, shows that Joe Biden did interact with some of his son's associates while serving as vice president, though it's unclear exactly what was discussed. One example, the Republican site, Miguel Aleman Magnani, a Mexican businessman and son of the former president who Hunter was trying to woo. In 2014, Aleman Magnani and his dad were photographed at the White House with then-Vice President Biden. In a later email, Hunter Biden reminds Alemani Magnani of the favors he's done for him. We have been talking about business deals and partnerships for seven years. I have brought every single person you have ever asked me to bring to the effing White House and the Vice President's House and the inauguration. Hunter Biden bluntly acknowledged the power of the Biden name in a memoir, writing that the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, which put him on its board, considered my last name gold. I mean, that's all stuff we were talking about. What stuck out, uh, stuck years, out there? Two years ago. What stood out there is uh, uh, her mentioning, you know, bringing them to the White House and the vice president's house. Yeah. Wait, do you mean his Wilmington, Delaware house? Uh, yeah. Wow. Th- this is, um, it, it's, it's part of what you said yesterday or day before uh, where... Now the media is engaged. So the the liberal and mainstream media, they are very engaged in the whole thing because of the documents. And it, it, we don't know to what extent uh, there may be any crossover there. I mean, we know with the uh, University of Pennsylvania Biden office, we know there's crossover there and, and consideration because of the uh, massive amount of donations that came in to pay for that office from China. And so when you look at that, as you pointed out, the media now is involved. They're now on this. And if they're going to cover document gate, then Hunter gate 
whether it's related directly or not, is also going to be covered. And you're going to see that more and more. And, you know, ultimately we said the story is too big. The Hunter Biden story has always been a monster of a story. Yeah. Wherever it goes. Only based only on Uh, what we knew at that time. Right. Not even adding potentially what it could be. And we'll see where it goes down the road. But this is up. This comes down to. uh, Really, the you know, I mean, a, a quite possibly a massive story, especially if the two are intertwined and those documents have anything to do with. Uh, the business that the family was involved in. And that's going to be a, that's going to be a problem. And, and, and then, you know, the question of, okay, uh, why were these documents separated? Why were the Wilmington, Delaware documents at the house? Why, why were they separated and in different places? Who was looking at those? Because my question would be, were beyond that, was that person showing them to anybody else? Was that person sharing information they weren't supposed to be sharing with somebody else? I'm just asking questions, and they're very basic questions. Let's get to some audio. All right. From Corrine Jean-Pierre. All right. All right. And she gets snippy at times. Uh, and we, we have a number of audio cuts here. Let's play this one here. Here we go. On questions that you should be able to answer here that shouldn't have to go to any other agency or entity, can you tell us if there's any sort of assessment that has been planned or launched to determine if national security has been jeopardized at all? Again, that's for the Department of Justice. Why is it a DOJ And 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 let's be clear, it's not your decision to make of what I can or can't answer from you. <laughs> all right, all right, and because because this is when the, the the story came out that the Department of Justice has not told them that they cannot you know talk about the uh, underlying uh, the facts of this particular case. Right, they haven't told them that, and right. and and here's when that specific question was asked. Here we go. On that, uh, we've all reached out to the Department of Justice. A law enforcement official tells NBC News the Justice Department has not told the White House that it cannot talk about the facts underlying the special counsel investigation into classified documents. So trusting you've received that same information, understanding the desire to be prudent, then why why can't you speak about the underlying facts? We've been very clear when it comes to even underlying facts, when it comes to specifics, when it comes to something that is under the purview, that is that the Department of Justice is looking at, especially legal matters, investigations, we do not comment from here, Peter. That has been consistent. So we- uh and and uh, uh then uh this is this is one of the this is one of my favorites of the day here we go right. i want to uh, reference an interview that president biden did in mid-september with 60 minutes and in that interview he chided former president trump for having in his possession classified documents. He called it irresponsible. First of all, do you think it was proper for President Biden to comment on an ongoing DOJ investigation? So I'm going to say this, uh, and I'm going to keep it really short today, as it relates to this particular issue, as it relates to an ongoing uh, legal matter, 
I am going to refer you to Department of Just uh, Department of Justice with the, that specific as it relates to uh, anything that you want to ask of us uh, about uh, this uh, this legal matter. I would refer you to the White House Counsel uh, Office. I'm I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to go I'm into gonna, further. I'm simply asking you to comment. I, and on I just the I, that you work for. I just commented. I just commented. We're moving on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I already answered your question. Go ahead. Well, I I did. <laughs> Remember, what was it, about three weeks ago? Where I, I said if we would be sitting there, we'd be doing exactly what – you didn't answer my question. Right. I said, why don't they say ever say that to her? They're actually saying it to her. I answered your No, you didn't answer my question. You didn't answer it. You replied. Right. You replied, but you didn't you answer didn't my question. You didn't answer the question. Oh, my. This is just beautiful. And so, the thing is, hmm? except, you know, you can you can throw, you can look at some of the reporters out there. You can look at Fox News. You can look at the Real Clear Politics uh, re- reporter out there, probably the, the New York Post. But for the most part, the majority of the White House press corps has been a tool of this administration. Yep. What did you think was going to happen? You were aware of the Hunter Biden story before the election of 2020. You knew this. And I just thought, and, and yeah. Gary, where were where were they all screaming in the liberal media about the New York Post being taken off social media for the Hunter Biden story? Where were they? Yep. Screaming. I just love the fact that, you know, it was brought up, you know, in 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 there uh, in the actual press briefing that, well, no, law enforcement, our sources tell us and they've been clear to us in the media. The Department of Justice is not keeping you, has not told you not to talk about all of this. And then she uses the same excuse over and over and over and over and over again, still uses the same excuse when they're saying, well, no, that's not the case. That's not the case. Well, we still don't talk about it. Why don't they do- now? Now, see, the thing is, everybody knows what what do you you learn a lot out of all of this? Yeah, you learn a lot out of all of this. Yeah, this yeah. is not this. And we said this uh, how many times? This is not to protect the integrity of an investigation, because what's the investigation about? The investigation with the special counsel in the Department of Justice is whether Biden broke the law. So the only person he's protecting, he's not protecting. And then the, the media comes back and says, well, you can talk about the underlying things. You can't talk about, hey, you can't talk about the classified documents because, hey, Biden says he doesn't know what's in the classified documents. He is surprised and didn't know they were there. So why can't you talk about everything else uh, except the top secret documents? Well, because we don't interfere in an investigation. Well, they've said they we we've got the information they didn't tell you you couldn't talk about it right well we're still not going to talk about it well why why won't they talk about it because the only person they are protecting is not the investigation is not the top secrets of america it is joe biden yep. not hunter biden they're protecting no, no it's joe biden that they're protecting Because they know this is bad. Wherever it goes, it's bad. Even if the if the Department of Justice comes down, because you and I talked about this, that if you look at the Department of Justice pre- precedent that has been set, the there's a much 
higher bar uh, that Hillary Clinton was involved in that you can prove. You know what the intent of Hillary Clinton was. Right. Hillary Clinton, not president of the United States, secretary of state, put a server in her own home. Why? We know what the motivation was. Right? Right. She wanted to bypass the Freedom of Information Act. That right there is against the law. You can't do it. Right. She put a server in her home that was not secure. Think about this. What we know about Hillary. Hillary put us and, and the Democrats all backed her completely. They yep. had they yep. were like, oh, she, uh, no big deal. Right. The FBI believes that foreign actors got in and hacked her computer. Comey said it. Yep. The FBI believes that they got in. Foreign actors actually got in to the secretary of state and looked at top secret information. That's what the FBI believes. Right. Because it was so accessible because it wasn't behind the whatever the be you'd call the um the department of state uh firewall, firewall. Mm-hmm. yeah i was trying to think of a bigger word than firewall <laughs> well and you know uh, as, and, as secretary of state uh she's fully aware and 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 constantly being reminded of how security works because on mahogany rose they call it they, you can't take your in, inside the State Department. You can't take a cell phone. Yeah, there's she some, knew that. Yeah, there are some documents you have to go into a room. You can't right. even, can't even have them on, on on your desk. They they know this, right? And so the fact is, so and that's the bar that if you want to look at it, that's why many people believe neither Trump nor Biden will be prosecuted mm-hmm. unless it has something to do with the influence peddling, right? That's you know if 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 they could if they could make that case, uh, you know then then and that's where they're you know and and that's because they were so open and so divided. That's the one reason where you say okay, what was the intent? But they knew the intent. Everybody knows Hillary Clinton broke the law. Yep, she broke the Freedom of Information Act, and by having those the the secrets there, the top secrets, she also broke uh, the Espionage Act, mm-hmm. as as we know. And, you know, you have some, uh, it, it, did you remember just uh, when this broke? Remember a couple of days after you had some writers saying, well, uh, the Espionage Act is just too broad. Nobody's saying that now, are they? No. And But nobody was even saying that with Hillary, Hillary Clinton because right. everybody knew what the intent was. She wished to evade uh, the Freedom of Information Act. She didn't want on record what she was telling people. Right. And so she put it in her own home. And the FBI believes foreign actors got into it. She was not prosecuted. Nope. So the train of thought is if she's not prosecuted, neither Trump nor... Because you can't think of a motivation for Trump, can you? Right. What would be the motivation? I mean, I have more questions about the motivation of somebody who's going to take documents, you know, in, in the case of the Biden documents... And then separate them, and then separate them again. Yep, yep. I, uh, you know, you got to know what's going. Uh, because my question is, did that happen recently? How long have those documents been there? Uh, as we asked the question, National Archives are they aware? And if they've been aware, when did they know? Eight six six ninety red eye. Lines open for your calls. Eight six six ninety red eye on Red Eye Radio.
It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hardy, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, uh, Red Eye. So really, that's the thing that uh, uh, came out yesterday, and the media knows it, that uh, the you know their sources in the Department of Justice, Department of Justice, have told them no. They can they can talk about this. You know, can't yeah, right. can't talk about if you know what the top secret documents. Of course, you can't talk about that. But you can talk about you know how they were left there. You can yep. answer those yep. questions. Right. There's a ton of questions that you can answer that don't have to do. You know, as long as you don't bring up the top secret things. And we had said this all along that the lawyers are telling them not to talk about it because they believe they believe that. Joe Biden could possibly be criminally liable. That's the only reason lawyers do that. Right. That's the only reason you do that. Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit houseproducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio. Welcome. Thank you for being here this morning. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our app today and listen when and where you want. And thank you. All right, here we go. Nearly two-thirds of Americans, including a majority of Democrats, support a congressional investigation into President Biden's mishandling of classified documents, according to a new Yahoo News YouGov poll Hmm. released Wednesday, found that 64% of adults and 52% of Democrats are in favor of lawmakers investigating the classified documents found at Biden's home and post-vice presidential office. Only 16% of Americans and 27% of Democrats oppose Congress probing the scandal. Now, this has taken probably, okay, uh, the 12th through the 16th. So you learned a lot from the 12th through the 16th. Yeah. So you're still very early on in this investigation that the public is becoming aware of it, and already you have that kind of landslide numbers. And I'm telling you, the thing I'm telling you, the thing that is that is driving the interest in the public is not that just there were top secret documents found. It's again, it is, it is the the juicy stuff. Mm. And when I say that, I mean the things that make people react. Yeah, And what make people react is when you say, uh-oh, you know, does this does this lead? I think what the public wants to know is, does this lead to the influence peddling? Right. You know, we, we played the, the fact that CNN is, you know, ran stories yesterday, clearly saying, you know, talking about how uh, his family was enriched by the things that he, he did. And then, you know, when you see the Biden-Penn Center and, there were, you know, the top secret documents that were there, and you say, why? And as we stated when this first came out, the biggest damage is not just the top secrets, but the biggest political damage, I believe, is the fact that it makes people pay attention to possible influence peddling. 
And, for example, this story right here from the freebeacon.com. Since Joe Biden took office in 2021, anonymous Chinese donors have poured millions of dollars to the university that houses President Joe Biden's think tank, where at least 10 classified documents were identified. Hmm. Since Biden's inauguration, the University of Pennsylvania has received $51 million in foreign funding, including $14 million from unnamed contributors in China and Hong Kong, $2.4 million from unnamed contributors in Saudi Arabia, according to the Department of Education records reviewed by the Washington Free Beacon. The school also received $1 million from a source in the Cayman Islands in June to fund its Penn Wharton China program. Hmm. This funding is in addition to the $61 million that the University of Pennsylvania received from Chinese donors between 2017 and 2020. The names of the newer foreign donors are being kept under wrap by the Biden administration's Department of Education, a department from prior administrations that would publish this information is an online database. American universities that receive federal grants are required by law to disclose their overseas funders to the government. The funding details come as Biden's think tank, the Penn Biden Center at the University of Pennsylvania, has been under the media spotlight following reports that federal investigators found classified documents uh, at the Washington, D.C. Base Institute and his Delaware home. Mm. You know, and I and I think that Probably it's everything together. It's, I think it's. Yeah. I think it's a combination. Yeah. And we talked about this last night of the Twitter files. Right. Have you seen yeah. the government? You yeah, know, right. the, the government. Uh, you know, involved in it. The Biden administration involved in 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 censoring the laptop that we found out that you know the entire Democratic Party. Yeah. And the the media. You know, were you know, and you know, we found out the the one. Uh, in intelligence uh, uh, official, oh my God! Did you, his excuse? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, Turley wrote a great thing on this yesterday. We'll get to this in a little bit, but his excuse, well, well, because so many of the things were real, uh, you know, you had to believe it might be because so many of the things we believe were truthful. It had to be disinformation. That was actually his argument. Yeah, right. Because it sounded so real. Yeah, because it, it must was, be wrong. It must right. be right disinformation. Right. So now things that you believe are so incredibly real have to be disinformation. That uh-huh. was his defense, which is which is pretty, lame, pretty lame. Yeah. And but but you take you take uh, the Hunter Biden laptop story, which, again, leads right to. And remember, there's never been a defense. That's the one thing that everybody recognizes. There's really never been a defense from the Biden family on it. Yeah. Except. I knew not. The only defense was I knew nothing about my son's business ventures, and we know that's a lie mm-hmm. based on the voicemail and the Hunter Biden emails themselves. And you have people that are willing, gone under oath, saying, "Nope, Biden." Even with the and this is the the Chinese energy company uh, was to receive ten percent uh, of it, and then Hunter Biden complaining about. How he has to take care of the family, including Pops. Remember that one? Yeah, right. And those are just, everything there is so damning and it goes right to, I think what it is, is the public is now highly suspicious 
and believes that this president uh, uh, is was in, uh, you know was involved in influence peddling mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. what else could it be? You know, people try to make the same thing. Well, the Trump family sold their name. He's a developer. Yeah. He was selling his name long before public service. And when you see the the top secret thing, as we talked about before, remember when the whole when remember it was uh, he was uh, the initial conspiracy theories or allegations was Mm -hmm. Trump had the documents because uh, and then the live golf tournament was taking place at the time. And this had to do with uh, him wanting to support uh, you know, uh, uh, Saudi Arabia to boost his, you know, they were trying to make the case that he was trying to enrich himself. Right. And that's the other right. thing, too. After Trump's, I think it's this is a whole, there's just so many things that have come together at one point that have pounded on you where you go, huh? The entire thing of Trump's taxes. They were trying to figure, they thought they were going to get him on something. Here's a guy, here's a guy that is making money by being president. Right. And when they looked right. at the, his taxes, no. He lost hundreds of millions of dollars, possibly billions of dollars, in his wealth by being president of the United States. He said before that one of the worst days in in his life is the day after he announced that he was running. Because he because basically everything was you know, he realized what that was going to mean and he it didn't change his mind. He right. still wanted to do it. And that's the one thing the public hates. Right. And so for the Democrats being so high, it's either, okay, if this will get them out of office, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, they, they may just go, well, we don't – look, he's used up. We don't need him anymore. Right, right, so, right. yeah, investigate it, get him out, force him out, do whatever you have to do. It, I would say uh, in the comparison of, of uh, you know, uh, enriching yourself or your family through public service, look – at the net worth of Donald Trump before he became president and then after. And and that would have to include the valuation of his many companies. And look at Biden's net worth before he became vice president and after. Well, he's only been in public service. Exactly. But but I mean years, right? but but that's why I said before he became right. vice president. Right. Because we'll pare it down to that service only. And so it's long been said when he was a senator, he's not one of the rich ones. He wasn't one of the wealthy ones. (laughs) They didn't say that after he was vice president. Now, many of them go on and do speaking engagements, and that's that's fine. Some people have a problem with that. Okay. You know, I don't really care one way or the other. But peddling influence, I do care about. If you're going to give us, if a corporation is going to hire you to to be a, a speaker at an event, all right, okay. I, I understand how that works. All right, fine. Peddling influence to foreign nations is a vastly different set of circumstances. And it is not, absolutely not okay. The poll found that Americans are not buying the spin from some Democrats and the media outlets that say uh, Biden's classified material scandals is less serious than former President Trump's handling of presidential papers. Defenders of Biden argue that he removed 
far fewer documents from the White House from Trump and quickly returned them to the National Archives when they were discovered. Unlike Trump, just 31 percent of Americans said that Biden's case is less serious than Trump. 32 percent called Biden's scandal equally serious. 21 percent said Biden was more serious uh, than uh, Trump. According to the poll, a congressional investigation into Biden's storage of highly sensitive papers at the Penn Biden Center think tank and his Wilmington, Delaware home is uh, the most popular of many probes White House Republicans have vowed to uh, uh, undertake. Respondents were equally favorable to an investigation into the security of the U.S. southern border, which received 64 percent support. Hmm. Yeah. And this is really interesting and less supportive into investigations of the origin of the COVID-19 pandemic, which, again, that's 59 percent, which is still the majority of people. Mm hmm. Hunter Biden, 49%, and U.S. exit from Afghanistan, 49%. Yeah, but when you, when you, that's the whole point with Hunter Biden. This is all about influence peddling, which is the president. If you talk about influence peddling with the president, I, I bet you'd be higher because the public recognizes that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that when you say Hunter Biden, people that don't know, go, well, he's not president. And that's why Democrats have always said, they're just after Hunter Biden, he's got nothing to do with it. No, he's the conduit to the president. You're going after the president for influence peddling. Yes. Hunter Biden is meaningless. And th- and that's it. Um, it, it you know, the, because it, it's and beyond the influence peddling, uh, does it mean uh, if the president, current president is is or was involved? Is he compromised? Yeah, exactly. Eight, six, six, 90 red eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. Because they are removing snow and applying sand, salt, or other road treatments, snow plows travel at a slower rate of speed than other vehicles. All drivers should maintain a safe following distance of at least five to six car lengths behind a snow plow. This will help you avoid collisions as well as potential vehicle damage from the materials being thrown on the road. Don't pass a plow unless you absolutely have to, and never drive into the snow cloud. If you do have to pass a snow plow, do it in a safe and legal passing area that is clear of snow and ice. Make sure there's enough clearance to the side, as plows are wider than most vehicles, and portions of the plow and blade may not be visible due to blowing snow. If you encounter a snow plow approaching from the opposite direction along an undivided highway, pull as far over to the right side as is safe. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. See the story here? Hmm. A ton of other stories out there. Yeah. There's from Reason.com, the libertarian magazine. Progressive Democrats in Congress, led by Elizabeth Warren, Representative Jamal Bowman, are urging the White House to marshal all available regulatory powers to impose rent control on the entire country. 
the letter authored by the two and signed by 50 members of Congress, Hmm. proposes seven actions of varying radicalism and legality that President Joe Biden could take take to cap rent increases in the United States. Mm -hmm. We urge your administration to pursue all possible strategies to end corporate price gouging in the real estate sector. That includes anything you're renting out to Hunter. Yeah, because that was quite expensive, $49,000. That's that's a bit pricey. Yes. Uh, Simply put, the rent is too high and millions of people across this country are struggling to stay stable, uh, stably housed as a result. The letter from Democrats in Congress echoes demands by left-wing housing activists to retain and expand on those emergency interventions. The post-pandemic increases in rents, they argue, represent an ongoing emergency that demands a robust federal response. Isn't it amazing mm. the way that they create the problem? <laughs> they create the problem... And then they punish you, punish individual citizens as a way of solving the problem. Right. I mean, if they were, imagine that they were, because this is never going to happen, but imagine that they were, it, it looked like they were starting to get close to enough votes to make something like this happen. Well, inevitably, what would you see? rental rates would skyrocket from both companies and individuals that rent to other individuals. They would ramp up their rates before it took effect. The demand uh, is that uh, they want the Federal Housing Finance Agency, the independent regulator of Mm. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, to Mm. impose anti-price uh, price gouging protections, rent control, and just cause eviction standards in properties with government-backed mortgages. Mm-hmm. Where exactly they would get the legal power to impose rent control well, on properties with a Freddie or Fannie-backed mortgage isn't discussed in Congressional Democrats' letters. Exactly, because you don't always have that choice. Fannie and, and, and Fannie's still buying mortgages so if you let's say you go out and you buy a commercial you know property and you finance it through whatever bank you and i did yep and at the same time yeah it was our it was our uh, residential uh properties but it happened at about the same time and then all of a sudden you get a letter in a couple of months well fannie mae has taken over the the loan they're buying the paper freddie mac got mine did they okay fannie mae got mine and so it was not a choice that I made. Right. So if, you know, that's the question. Okay, is this going to apply to anybody who has a a Fannie Mae loan? Because it's one thing if I go in and say I want to apply for any government uh, benefit in applying for this loan, right? If I go seek that government benefit, you know, that, all right, and they're saying, well, as a condition of that, and I sign a contract with a with a bank, and then in turn, the government sponsored entity that says, as a result of this, you're going to be uh, you're going to have to adhere to these rules, regulations, and everything that applies. But that's not the way it works with all paper that Fannie and Freddie buy. 
they buy it from banks without the borrower knowing anything about it or after it, yeah yeah right. after that's already done right so you know if you're gonna are you gonna change the rules as you go yeah. well th- this is never going to happen no it's you're not, not gonna going get to happen it's no. not going to but no. it is important to point out what they would like to do if they had enough votes if they had enough radicals on capitol hill and they had the uh, oh, same radical in the White House. Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Okay, we just have to focus on this again because, it. you know, we we talked about it once, but it really when I saw it again and again and again and again, more stories on it, and this is a story of Douglas Wise, the former defense Intelligence Agency Deputy Director and former senior CIA operations officer who uh, admits that they knew that most of the Hunter Biden laptop story was real. Right. But listen to this logic here that he's trying to sell people. Uh, he's <laughs> yes, why still maintains that while true. He and other officials were right to call out, call it out as likely disinformation, arguing that something is true, but still constitute disinformation. <laughs> well, that sounds a lot like disinformation. <laughs> he told the Australian that all of us figured that a all of us, not some, all of us figured. Mm-hmm. A significant portion of that content had to be real to make any Russian disinformation credible. And then this is Jonathan Turley's column in uh, Fox News. So the emails and photos showing criminal acts with prostitutes and thousands of emails on influence peddling was likely true, but that truth only made them more dangerous forms of Russia disinformation. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Get Martin Short on the phone right now, please. Oh, Nathan was it Nathan Strom? Yeah. Is that the yeah. the lawyer? <laughs> what is it? Is it me? Of course. I mean, you know, it's, right. It's, it, it was. It sounded so true. Yeah. So that made, that made it more dangerous, right? Because it was true. That made it more dangerous Russian disinformation, yeah. even though it wasn't Russian disinformation. Right. It's like if Martin Short's character, he was playing a tobacco executive, had said, well, look, we're very adamant about getting those warning labels out to as many people as possible. So it's important that we sell as many cigarettes as we can, <laughs> because each of those packages has that. 
warning. Very on important <laughs> message <Warning>. on it. <laughs> Turley writes it. Uh, it also means that under this dubious logic, <laughs> you can yeah. spike any true story that is embarrassing to the president or the party as presumptive disinformation. Indeed, White says that it was no surprise to learn that the emails that he helped spike were actually genuine. He is not alone. Washington Post columnist Thomas Ridd wrote that we must treat the Hunter Biden leaks as if they were foreign intelligence operations, even if they probably aren't. Well, I guess if yeah, yeah, I right. guess if these people believe that a biological male can be a biological female because a biological male says so, and then the biological male should compete in sports with the the biological male should be with the biological female in sports, well then you can come up with this type of insane logic. As I said before, yeah. we you know we started this earlier with the whole climate change thing. What is it to liberal? What do they actually believe? Do they actually believe anything, or is it just whatever excuse we can come up with at the moment to push forth our narrative? Well, you know, when 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 the word tribalism was floating around, right? I guess it still is. Um, there are so many considerations with that kind of mentality, and we've talked about it over the years. And we said, look, it, it is not. Uh, a you know this grand conspiracy necessarily it is the same mindset it is a culture culture it, right. it is a and so if you want to say well it's a, a tribalism uh, it it really is that mindset right and and so when all of this was happening where you had the um uh, uh former members of uh intelligence that were all signing on board saying this sounds like Russian disinformation, the whole Hunter laptop thing. It was in the flow of the New York Post being shut out of social media and this being shoved into a corner as a conspiracy theory from the right. And everybody was in a part of that flow. So when these, when when they come back now and go, well, but it it, it sounded you're, I don't buy it that for a second. I didn't buy it what they were saying about it at the beginning, because they weren't treating it as you as you would treat any piece of information or evidence. And it goes back to the kind of mentality and 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 culture that was at the FBI under the leadership of a. James Comey, and and maybe who who knows probably uh, Mueller and and a number of them, where it is it's they don't talk like investigators. In this case, uh, you know when they all signed on board and said, "Well, this sounds like Russian disinformation," you you sound like you're a bunch of guys sitting around at a bar. You're, you've lost all credibility. I don't care who you are when you say, well, it sounds like your only response if anybody asks you if you're going to be true to what you used to do would be, I'd have to take a look at it. I don't have the evidence in front of me. I don't know what I'm looking at. Is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. But it's also possible 
that it's genuine. So I don't know because I can't judge it from here. It's like, uh, you know, all the, uh, you know, uh, people who want to be uh, doctors, armchair doctors. And, well, uh, that, that, that person looks, look, there are a number of things and considerations that we have for the current president. And, and it, it is very clear that his mind is not all there. We can't tell you, though, what's going on with him. A lot of people uh, did this with, with Trump when he was in office. There's something very wrong with the guy. You don't like the guy. You know, all of this, it's the same kind of mindset. It's this, well, we're just going to jump on board because it looks like the winds are going against uh, the New York Post or anybody at that time claiming that this Hunter laptop thing was real. We're going to we're going to help squash this and be a part of it. We're going to we're going to be part of that flow and call it tribalism, call it whatever. I don't know why people do that, but they absolutely do it these days. And it's dangerous because then if you apply it to people who are at the FBI, we'll just you know, this is I'm just taking this out of it's this is not ever going to happen. But imagine that you had people at the FBI that uh, went to work for uh, Twitter. And decided that they're going to bring that culture over to Twitter and kind of, you know, uh, sit next to a bunch of liberal tech people and shut down conservatives or anything they don't like. I mean, these are the this is where it becomes especially dangerous, um, because then at that point, if there is the mindset ultimately inside a society where there is great acceptance of that kind of behavior, how long before it's a matter of policy, and I mean outright policy, not the fact that they're doing it and people don't know they're doing it, but I mean it's actual policy that is put in place either on a state or federal level. That's what gets scary very quickly. And when you talk about, when we talk about tribalism, and I mean as a, as, as a uh, you know society, the word itself is viewed as being bad. You right. know, tribalism is bad. Well, not really. It right. depends on what what right. you talk about with tribalism, if, for example, I, we all believe in the United States Constitution and we are part of that tribe that believes in the United States Constitution, to me, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's a good yep. thing. Yep. If you sit there and say, I belong to this tribe and I belong to a label, and the label is whatever the narrative is, truthful or not, to me, that is a bad tribe. You know, And so you look at it and... You know, the, you, you see the tribalism that they talk about, for example, on the right. Well, they deny elections. Well, so does the left. You know, there's, yeah. I think it was uh, Michael Barone wrote a column talking about all these Republicans that are out there, you know, uh, like David Brooks and, uh, uh, well, he calls himself a conservative, mm-hmm. talking about how horrible it is of the election denying on the right. It says, but he they completely forget about the the what happened, not only election denying, but the fact that the election denying from the Democrats came from the 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 uh, from the Hillary Clinton campaign, they created and financed a lie and set the Trump campaign up. And right. said, unless you're willing to talk about that, mm-hmm. which is you know you you may sit there and you may want to accuse somebody. Well, you can't prove that, and that's tribalism because of election denying there. With the Democrats, you have election denying, and on top of that, they created the complete 
conspiracy. They created it. The right. Hillary campaign. He goes, and there seems to be no acknowledgement of that. Right. From if you know, even people that call themselves Republicans or never Trumpers, it's only all about Trump's election denying. It's like if you're going to do that, to be mm-hmm. intellectually honest, you've got to hit both sides. And that in itself is a kind of tribalism. I'm only going to stick to this one thing. Right. I'm not I'm not going to go across the board. But tribalism is not, to me, a good form of, of tribalism is the effort from a ton of people out there to ensure that elections have integrity mm-hmm. and that they are transparent mm-hmm. and that the chain of custody is limited right. with with a with with the ballot. In fact, I like the chain of custody limited to a voter machine. Right. That's it. Because that to me is the 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 the, the best way, uh, you know, the best way to uh, go. Somebody on MSNBC was it saying that oh, I was like uh, white people uh, would uh, would rather inconvenience themselves basically by going to a uh, uh, booth and voting in order to deny blacks their their right to vote that you're just making it if you believe that you're making that up you're making stuff up as you go along but i i I like that one well that you know again that's that's a form of tribalism because that's absolute that's an absolute lie you go to the polls and you go and do that because you say i'm more confident that my vote will count right got nothing to do with anybody else you can do whatever that's actually want that's actually what what drives me that's what drives me you know, yeah. I want to be a part of the process, yep. but I also want to, uh, and call it micromanagement, but I think it's actually a good form of micromanagement. Right. I want to make sure that that effort is going to mean something. And and so if this has led us, the situation over the last couple of years across the board in our state and other states, and it hasn't in, in, in many liberal states, mm-hmm. but if it leads to a, a Georgia election law, mm-hmm. If it leads to Texas election uh, law uh, to ensure, well, then that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah, there are things that can happen that you go, well, eh, you know, I think they're going too far there. Okay, well, that isn't true there, mm-hmm. and everything else. But what does it lead to? Okay, it leads to legislators saying, yeah, but we do have problems here, and we do have problems here, and we do have problems here, and because we don't have transparency here, or because it goes this way, there is no confidence. For example, look at Maricopa County. There's no confidence right. Right. from probably half or more of the voters there that things are being run the right way. Right. You can't have that in an election. So right. that's a good thing that comes out of it. Mm-hmm. And say, well, the tribalism to change election laws. You had to have more integrity and and more transparency. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But to me, the tribalism is bad when it's all based on lies or just based on the fact that I belong to this label. And so whatever this label says is what I agree with. Right. To me, that's bad tribalism. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and and there was that going on. Uh, and clearly, I, I don't know why you would, if you were, you know, a former intelligence official, why you would jump on board something like that when you know in your heart of hearts, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I have no idea what's on that laptop. I can throw yeah. out possibilities, but those possibilities, in my opinion here, mean nothing. If you're a true intelligence agents of the united states who looks for facts facts that's what you say and i don't have anything in front of me so what i think means nothing at this point what why showed is he's a political hack exactly 866-90 red eye 
Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Join the conversation using the Shell Rotella hotline. 866-907-3339. Red Eye. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, uh, Red Eye. Coming up following the top of the hour, a Cedric update. All right. Going back uh, to the old Seinfeld episode. Mm. Who don't wear the ribbon? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get uh, to uh, that coming up. Uh, also, what else do I have here? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Facebook mm. story. Facebook mm. to allow pictures of... Naked breasts for trans and non-binary people, oh. but not for cisgender women. Huh. Yes. Okay. Discrimination of breasts. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Thanks so much for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. And you can listen when and where you want. Time for our Cedric update. All right. The uh, story, another story of the National Hockey League again, where the hockey player Ivan uh, uh, Provorov, I think I'm saying his name correctly, okay. uh, did, uh, you know, uh, said he would not uh, wear the uh, the gay pride jersey mm. for warm-ups uh, for, I believe it was for the Flyers, um, uh, the other night during uh, Pride Night. Yeah. And uh, the left, it's really interesting because I think with everything going on, the left is looking for anything that they can just hype. Yeah. I've noticed that the last week or so. What was the other topic that I'm like, oh, that's getting a, it's getting a lot more publicity than mm. than I thought it would uh, th- than I thought it would get. And uh, one of the things I saw on social media, it's like, wow, <laughs> Seinfeld called it. And it's like, oh, OK, it's the it's the AIDS walk. Mm. where Kramer refused to wear the ribbon. Right, right. And the the classic line, Hey, Cedric, this guy won't wear the ribbon. He turns around. Who won't wear the ribbon? (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite uh, Seinfelds of of all time. And then they attack and basically beat up Kramer for not wearing the ribbon, even though he is participating in the AIDS walk. He said, you know, don't you believe in, you know, don't you believe at that point in uh, in in uh, curing AIDS? Yeah, I'm walking, but you're not wearing the ribbon. Right. <laughs> and and so, you know, you you get to, to this point now. And I have always I mean, since the the pride movement started, I've always thought it's uh, a little bit ridiculous. Um, gay pride, black pride, white pride, whatever the 
the the the whole concept that of of pride and if you look it up in the oxford dictionary pride is about being you know feeling good about what you've accomplished in life yeah and you know, and you know i guess how you behave you how know? you right and that's an yeah. accomplishment how you behave i mean mm-hmm. those those are all things how you behave is the judgment that people have uh, uh towards you we know the the radical lgbtq the radical left lgbtq uh we know that uh and and that the, they will tell you they said well pride is about our dignity hmm. well that's something you get from yourself right we've often said uh, many times because it's obvious that there is this push on the left to force you not just to participate. It wasn't about tolerance. It was even more than acceptance. It was you must celebrate with us or you're something phobic. Right. Well, what are you celebrating? Are you celebrating who somebody is sleeping with? Is that it? Are you celebrating the fact that you view yourself as a marginalized community that still a majority of people may not agree with uh, your sexuality and therefore they must be forced to celebrate with you? You know, they talk about, you know, uh, he said he's a uh, he's a Russian Orthodox, and so it's against his religion. Mm. Well, you know, it's against, <laughs> you know, it's against Catholicism. Premarital sex. Men and women living together. Mm-hmm. You hear this quite often from the liberal gay activists out there, that the fact that you think I'm going to hell makes you a bigot. Well, mm. you're Catholic and... You sleep with somebody outside of marriage, you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. Uh, Should there be live together pride because you're discriminated against from many major religions? What's the point? Well, it's about the fact that these people have lived in shame and now they need to have dignity. That's up to you. You decide that. Yeah. You decide whether you have dignity. Right. Not whether somebody else... Agree. You make that judgment. Nobody can take that from you. Right. You control your behavior. And you can choose to act in a dignified manner or not. And I've I've always thought, you know, people ask, well, uh, (laughs) aren't you proud uh, to be Irish? No, I know. It's what I am. <laughs> you didn't make that happen. Yeah, I didn't make that happen. I'm, I'm just, so whatever argument you have, whether it's not a choice, it is a choice, it still, it doesn't hold any water. You are right. what you are. Yeah. You are what you are, or you are, are what you choose. Whatever argument that you want to put in there. But this is just the left demanding that you celebrate with them. I don't have to celebrate. I don't have to care. Well, you're this aphobic. No, can you have something that says I just don't care at the end of it? I I just, 
I don't care. You go do what you do. You know, I'll care if somebody I will care if somebody denies you your right to vote. I'll care then if somebody tries to take away your freedom of speech. I'll care then. Yeah, I care about anybody's rights being violated. But to ask me to care about your sexuality is bizarre. Or your transgender behavior. Hmm. Or your transgender mindset. There are things that I am concerned with. I am concerned with any human being where the suicide rate is a lot higher. And we see that with transgenders that are part of the LGBTQ movement. Yeah, I'm concerned about that. Why? Because I'm concerned with human life. Mm-hmm. But you see the you know the 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 blowback here from the left, and I'm like, well, eh, this really is really getting to be interesting here. And you know, for sports leagues getting involved in the whole, you know, because now you know the NHL. I mean, they have the uh, the uh, you know, they they have transgender night. Mm-hmm. About what? What does that mean? Do you support uh, men playing in women's leagues? What What is it that you support? And it's almost as if they'll never tell you what they actually support. They just say, we support it. They'll never get into the, you notice the leagues never get into the details of it. Well, we support the dignity. Well, I support the dignity of all individuals, but the dignity of all individuals comes from within you. If you allow it to take somebody to take it away, that's on you. You don't force somebody to say, I want you to celebrate my pride. What are you, nuts? That's up to you. And I don't know why you would want to force anybody to do that. Andrew Sullivan, who was gay, said that, you know, the well-known columnist he said that he said because it because he's doing this do you would you rather show a group of people who are there voluntarily or take a picture which is really just a photo op of individuals who are forced to do that uh through the rules of uh whatever organization Are they actually celebrating? Because I, it started with celebrating pride. Well, show me who's actually celebrating. Because when an entire organization comes in and says, nope, we're doing this, all the individuals in the organization then just become numbers. And it doesn't mean anything because you don't know that they actually celebrate it or not. Well, we see with the liberal transgender activist movement, part of the liberal gay movement uh, uh, today, where they've already they've been clear. You need to celebrate with us and support us and use our language Hmm. or we wish to destroy you. We've seen where it goes. Yep. It's obvious where it goes. You agree with me. You celebrate with me. You give up your opportunity. Yes. In your life, if you're a woman. And if you don't, we'll destroy your life. Hey, that's something to be proud of, isn't it? I've got pride in that, right? Let's destroy women's opportunity and women's lives. Yeah, 
We feel pride about that. Well, it's as if they're saying as a group, well, women, you had your moment. Yeah. Your moment is over now. Right. Exactly. Everything that applies to you now or did apply up until now is over. Go sit down because now you're going to have to take a back seat to those who want a place on the team. And the liberal transgender activist movement that is a part of the liberal LGBTQ movement now, they accept that type of behavior. They accept the misogyny, the liberal gay left that includes transgenders. They accept the misogyny that exists today. They promote the misogyny. That exists today. So, yeah, I just, but as to this whole thing, it just, it gets to the point of being, you know, being ridiculous. Well, and, and again, I I don't know why you would want to force people into your celebration. Yep. And that's why we said, you know, it's like, throw out the phobics and we'll throw out the, you know, we'll throw out the misogyny. Right. We'll throw out the women hating. Go ahead. We'll, you know, we'll do it. Right. You have to throw a label out. We'll we'll throw labels back. Now let's actually talk about the substance of the argument, and you won't do that. But we see where it's gone in the in the liberal transgender activist movement. Mm-hmm. Again, part of the liberal LGBTQ movement in this country. Yeah. And again, what it is, you must be forced or go to jail. That's where it's going in this in the world now. You must say these words. Because you will hurt my feelings and I might commit suicide if you don't. So therefore, you must use these particular words or you might go to jail. That's seen where that in Canada. That's yeah. where they uh, they 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 build up what they believe, uh, what you to believe is the consensus. What the question I was asking earlier of why would you want people in a group that aren't actually celebrating? They're forced to be there through rules. Well, because it starts creating a mindset where you know you are powerless to speak out against it. And so you go along to get along. And once that is the case, it starts shaping policy. Policy to the point of, in California, even though it was struck down, they had a law against using improper pronouns. That came with a jail sentence. It was actually part of California law for a short time. It got to that point. Mm -hmm. You can't do that without building what is really a false consensus. We're going to go along to get along. I'm going to be a part of it because if I speak out, if there is any dissent, I know what's coming my way. By the way, that's not a that's not a good strategy to build tolerance and hopefully acceptance if that's what you want. Right. That's not a True way to get there. Right. True acceptance. That's not a way to get there. No, it isn't. Because people in it will become more defiant because they're forced to be there. They're forced to think that way. They're forced to act or even speak a certain way why would you want that 
if there is going to be a conversation about acceptance and educating the public about whatever your choices are in, in your life, whatever your situation is, okay. People can choose to be a part of that conversation. People can choose to listen. They, many people can choose to listen quietly. And I support anyone doing and living the life that they want to live without their rights being violated. I don't support shaping policy to the effect that it controls language and behavior. No. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Listen to Red Eye Radio wherever you are with the Red Eye Radio app, available on Android. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Well, one of the stories out yesterday was that Trump's coming back, uh, planning to come back to Twitter and uh, and Facebook, asking Facebook to uh, remove his uh, uh, suspension. Mm. And so some of the questions have come up. If he does it, isn't that an acknowledgment that true social has failed? You were looking at the unique visitors in September, 1.7 million. That's nothing. Yeah. No. That's nothing. Or is it the realization? Because he has a, just in case people don't know part of the contract with true social is the fact that he has to put out anything he can be on Twitter and Facebook contractually, but only eight hours after he put out, puts out the message on true social. Yeah. So, uh, the fact is that if he's, you know, he's, well, he is running again, not if he's running, he is running again. If he's going to, let me put it this way. If he's going to actively campaign, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, then, he understands that true social is not going to get it done if he wants right, to get right. his message out. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to be on social media uh, across the board. Uh, and according to also one source, um, there are uh, there were in December, Truth Social, the app had about roughly 2 million active users. Active is not necessarily daily. Um, and so the question would be, all right, is there potential for growth there? I think, I think there's a lot of, you know, it's a ever fluid situation in social media to begin with. But I think with Elon Musk taking over Twitter and conservatives feeling like they can actually post something without being punished on Twitter. That's going to be a driver, at least in the short term, for for Twitter. But if you're going to run, you know, if you're running for office, you're going to have to have that social media presence. You're going to have to get the word out. And that's that's how you do it. And you're going to have to be on every social media platform. You're going to have to be active. You're going to have to go to where the people are. And in today's world, that's at least virtually where they are. They're on social media. We're coming up on the one-year launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even a year old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, what, does it take, yeah. but does it take any of the slow growth? Because it's been so slow growth. Yeah. You don't right. have 
50 million active users. Right. You've got, right. you know, roughly, you know, 2 million now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which means what kind of growth, you know, what kind of growth do you need? What, what are your, I'd like to see the, the, the business model right now. Mm-hmm. What's coming in, what's going out. Yeah. The churn rate. No, no. I mean, advertising rate. Oh, okay. The, 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 the I mean, I mean the income versus out, outgo. Okay. What does it cost to keep through social going? Mm-hmm. How much are they getting in advertising? Right. Yeah. The business model. Um, you know, and it's not gonna it's not gonna be much. Because then when you look at uh two million active users, well, it's like with any social media platform, uh those users, how many of those users follow the same handful of individuals at the top right so that's how you monetize is where the people are going within that app and that's a good question On your smart speaker, say, play Red Eye Radio. And, if you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. If you want to get in speaking about uh, social media. Mm-hmm. Meta's oversight board announced a new policy Wednesday that will allow transgender and non-binary people to display their naked breasts on Facebook and Instagram, but will continue to forbid posts by cisgender women, which are biological women that believe they're women. So they're discriminating on breasts. Well, okay. The over- what is it? Is the policy for those who claim to be non-binary? I guess so, yes. What's what's the evidence? Exactly. What's the standard that has to be met for this policy? Because any person could say, this is how I identify, and put that in the description in their bio. But if you don't... If you have uh, pride in being a cisgender woman, mm-hmm. I had to. Uh, <laughs> then you will put that you are a biological woman who believes you're a biological woman. Yeah. The oversight board, fine. We are against breast discrimination here on Red Eye. Well, okay. <laughs> So the, the oversight board yeah. finds that removing uh, these posts is not in line with Meta's community standards, values, or human rights responsibility. Human rights responsibility. Yes, the to board show your boobs. These did ca- I miss one of the marches? I apparently so. Yes, these cases also highlight fundamental issues with Meta's policies. Let look. I I want to make this clear before we go any further that my my real policy. <laughs> Uh, uh, on uh, any type of nakedness. I lived uh, on the beaches of uh, uh, Fort Walton Beach, Destin, and Navarre, Florida for almost three years. 
back then, uh, even back then in the 80s, people would talk about the fact that, you know, women should be able to go topless. Mm -hmm. I disagree. Men should put their tops back on. Right, okay. Unless you're in the water. Yeah. The human body, for the most part, Mm -hmm. 99.9%. I know Seinfeld said it's less than 5% of people that are actually good looking. Oh, it's not that many. No, I believe it's less. And I'm including myself in that, by mm-hmm. the way. I'm part I don't of- take my shirt off when I get in the yeah. shower. Uh, yes. <laughs> I have mirrors, and I don't need to see that. I mean, mirrors that uh, we are- when I get out of the shower, I don't want to be. That's like you. We, are an extre- we aren't beautiful. We are an extremely ugly species, myself included. Yeah. And, and so just so you understand what our red-eye policy is, everybody put on clothes and lots of them. We're into everybody shaming. Yeah. <laughs> We're into people shaming, oh. which is equal. Oh, we'll get to this back to this in just a second. Mm-hmm. But I, I saw a commercial for, uh, I think it was uh, Hill's Pet Food, cat and dog food yesterday. Okay. All right. That we need to get rid of pet obesity. Isn't that pet obesity shaming? It is. I saw that. I'm like, wait a minute. That's pet. God, I'm telling you, that's how I think. I see this commercial. And the thing is, I'm always with my cat. It's always, you know, since I had a couple of fat cats, you're always worried because, you know, about their health. And so that's, but the the stories over the last couple of weeks just on fat shaming and everything else, which just is getting to the point of absurdity well, because it, it is a health issue. Yeah. When I saw the commercial, the first thing I thought of was, that's pet shaming. Why, why are you? Pet fat shaming. What? What is? What is this? Exactly. If my schnauzer doodle feels beautiful, then my schnauzer doodle is beautiful, and you can quote me on that. Just don't ask me how to spell it. So there you go. So they're going to allow pictures of naked breasts for trans and non-binary people, but not. For biological women who believe they're biological yeah, women. Yeah, well, but you can't set a standard as to who is who. It's true. How dare you? And why do I need to meet that standard oh. in in any way in terms of a description in a bio or something like That's that? That's a great point. Because what if I just put the word, what if my bio only read... Uh, I'm not on um, Instagram, uh, and I, I have a an account somewhere on Facebook. I, I haven't been on. I, I actually I did. I went on the other day. A friend of mine is is uh, is not doing well, and I and I, I sent him a message. Um, but I, what if I just put in the descriptive in in my bio, just the word pride, just that word, pride. No emoji, nothing. No colors. Just nothing. Just the word pride. <laughs> and then, because now, now Facebook and Instagram <laughs> has entered the judgment uh, a category, they're going to be judging. Because they're going to, they're they're setting the standard. 
you, because it's easy enough to say, hey, uh, no topless photos. And, and uh, we, uh, you know, if it were me, I would adopt the, you know, Eric and Gary policy. That includes men. Put <laughs> yes. your shirt on. Yes, exactly. Yes, which means <laughs> you can't put any um, clips from the TV show Cops on ever. You would never be able to. That wouldn't even, couldn't air that ever. But the, now that they've changed the rule, they're saying, well, some, well, wait a minute. This goes beyond, it's, it's not about topless or not topless or whatever. This is about you deciding who's who and saying, well, we don't believe that person is this. How dare you? Yeah, because if you put pride on, you're just putting the word in that has numerous meanings. You're assuming that's sexual. Right. <laughs> I like that. And so there's the, there is the conundrum. And, and it's, it is, <clears throat> inevitably going to backfire because how how is it that you get to judge a person and say well we don't believe that person is this oh you don't get to say that sorry this is sorry mr zuckerberg you're getting old this is 2023 we're sorry that meta failed actually i'm not sorry because it was crap to begin with and and we told you that eric and gary knew Sorry, you can't sell a cartoon world. Not when the real world is a cartoon. Not world. even Dora the Explorer <laughs> is trying to do that anymore. It's it's that that's over. So now they want to. I, I don't know. They they thought they were going to. I don't know, gain some points. Uh, you don't get to decide because at some point it will require. That the enforcers, <laughs> the Facebook enforcers, have to look at that and say, uh, we allow it for some, but not all. Well, that person doesn't fit that category. You don't get to put them in the category. In fact, it was Facebook that said there were, what, 58 at one point, 58 different categories you could fall into. Yeah. And I shouldn't have to uh, claim which category I fall into. With Facebook or Instagram, I you shouldn't require that. That is wrong. And if you truly believe in my rights, <laughs> this isn't about rights, by the way. If you truly believe in my rights, you have to recognize that what you're doing is wrong and that the, your, your new policy violates your actual policy. Let me ask you this because I, we, we, you and I, I think we had talked about this earlier, probably sometime last year, and and we saw it on LinkedIn, and sometimes occasionally you'd see it on Facebook and and Twitter, people putting their pronouns on, mm-hmm. and yeah. it seemed to spike. Though I really haven't noticed many more doing that. Right, right. Uh, you know, yeah. To me, it's dumb, and I've always thought, you know, especially on LinkedIn. But I went, nah, I need. LinkedIn is sort of a business networking thing. I, I don't want to <laughs> – I, I was like, I wonder if I'll get banned because I always want to put on, you know, Gary McNamara and then hee-haw. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'm like, it, would that be enough to get me kicked off of LinkedIn? Uh, maybe, yeah. Maybe. Because are you not allowed to make fun of the pronouns? Oh, no, 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 no. You're not. I don't know to what extent 
LinkedIn enforces that. But generally speaking, no, you're not allowed to make fun. You know, because you saw, I mean, it was probably the middle of last year. You don't like the pronouns? You don't want to wear the pronouns in your bio? I'm not going to wear the pronouns. (laughs) I did like the one with Michael Jackson, though. Or it was he, 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 that was, that was the (laughs) best. That actually is very funny. Uh, But the here's the, the, here's the interesting thing. The vast majority of people that use their, that, that I've seen on LinkedIn that use their pronouns are biological males stating their biological males and biological females saying they're biological females. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's been the majority. Right. When I, at least when I have looked when I've it's it's hard not to miss it because you go what says at the end of the name oh okay they're putting their pronouns and it's all not all but the vast majority are basically you know uh, he him what is it him him he him I mm-hmm. don't know and then uh, her is it her her I don't even know what it did. I, don't even know. I think it's a e i o u and sometimes y. I, it's a- but it's, it's almost as if that reached a peak where it's like, okay, the people that were going to do it are going to do it. Right, yeah. But it, right. like I said, the, the the majority of it, again, is that virtue signaling? I mean, is that the ultimate in virtue signaling? In putting that in your bio? Yeah. yeah. When, when you're not yeah. when you're not trans. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. When, right. when, when you're not non-binary or, or not, yeah. or not yeah. transgender. Right. You're going to be a hero for the cause. Right. That actually isn't your cause, but you're going to be a hero for right. the cause. Yeah, I just wondered. I yeah, I, I just you're going to change the world. Um, this is the but that's the ad- <laughs> save the world. <laughs> I'm at the World Economic Forum. I'm going to you, save the world. You and your fat schnauzer doodle are going to save the world. And these are the you know, the, but these are the things that you know. I mean, corporations, but but really, when you when you talk about social media, it's beyond a corporation. It's a society. You know, because it is that virtual presence. It's a it it is that 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 we have. It's we we uh, uh, all have our pages and and we go there and and it's kind of our you know a, a daily thing. It's a part of our life. Uh, not everybody is on social media every day, but many people are, and so they believe they're they really do believe at at Facebook. At Instagram, and used to believe it at Twitter, the old uh, guard at Twitter used to believe that this is the power that they have, that they're going to change the conversation. Well, controlling the conversation isn't changing the conversation. I, I have seen articles on LinkedIn suggesting that you do use your pronouns. Mm-hmm. I'm like, excuse me, this is for networking for a job. You know what they're Prona- saying? Yeah, you know why they're saying that? Because you need to di- you need to put on display what they're they're talking to people who are actively looking for a job, campaigning for a job uh because LinkedIn is is really about B2B or people who run a small business that interact with others, you need to d- demonstrate that you're in line with what we're doing. Because if you don't, then a prospective uh, HR department or a prospective business partner is not going to look at you with the same eyes. You're going to have a problem getting in the door if you don't fully 
cooperate. That's what they're saying. You better play the game. So don't put your college on there. Remember that was from yesterday. Yeah, I which don't, I don't, don't do. I don't. don't put my college on it. I don't put my college anywhere. Anyway, I'm not going to brag. He didn't go to college. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, See, it's the elitist here. I'm the privileged talking yeah. down to you. Right. You and your university University. of buffalo yeah it went from it's a university well the university of buffalo is different than buffalo state university yeah well buffalo yeah i went to buffalo state college which just last week or the week before became buffalo state university pluto was a planet at one time too (laughs) eight six six ninety red eye we'll be right back with more red eye radio with eric harley and gary mcnamara Personalized savings on commercial truck insurance with Smart Hall from Progressive. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Not available in all states or situations. At Progressive Commercial, we want trans non-binary, yes. Mm. Biological women that are biological women, no. Mm. Hmm. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can <laughs> you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Do we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.